Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show this morning, radio, film, and TV actress, Miss Serene Tuttle. Miss Serene Tuttle started her career out in 1936, appearing behind the microphone in many shows. Her first show with Mr. Orson Welles was called Hollywood Hotels. She also guest appeared on many shows such as Ozzy and Harriet Nelson, The Red Skeleton Program, Suspense, Lux Radio Theater, and many others. But what a lot of people may not know is that Miss Lorene Tuttle's career expanded in the mid-40s and early 60s. She finally made a starring role as Ma Barker in the 1960 film Ma Barker and Associates. But a lot of people may not know is that she also appeared on the big screen with Miss Janet Lajean and Mr. Anthony Perkins in Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 film Psycho. Miss Serene Tuttle enjoyed also appearing on TV shows such as The Great Gildersleeve, Leave It to Beaver, and many others. She enjoyed her career until passing away in 1986. Miss Serene Tuttle's career expanded 35 years, and even though she's been gone for 35 years to this day, her career and legacy will live on forever. In this first episode, she plays a woman who is caught between two loves. The love for her husband and the love for another man. And she puts herself in a lover's triangle trying to figure out what to do with the two men that she loves. But something sinister ends up developing in Kathy's mind. She ends up wanting to kill her previous husband and blame it on her now husband. Her previous husband has moved on and living in an apartment. She ends up finding out what time he orders his breakfast from downstairs so that way it's sent up to his room. And she ends up planning it out detail by detail, but ends up telling her now husband that she wants a portrait done and she wants it done by her previous husband Alan because he's the only one in that town that can paint real good portraits so Mr. Morris ends up going to the house where Alan is painting his wife's portrait but George is a well known authority in the town as he works on the city council but George is is unaware that his wife 
Kathy is planning on framing him for the murder of his of her ex-husband but later on in the show Kathy finds out that she has been watched by security which her then husband her now husband ends up putting security outside their home and an officer sees someone leaving their home and re-entering it and it looked like a woman so Kathy's plan ends up backfiring on her and in this next episode Miss Lorene Tuttle plays a young woman who is trapped in her stepfather's log cabin resort in the middle of nowhere where there are very few cars that pass down that way only to get a quick bite and a quick tank of gas. So the young woman has a plan one morning to end up escaping that desert uh, filled place and go on her own. But her stepfather who loves his stepdaughter but unfortunately does not understand why she's doing it tells her that he makes the decisions until she is 21 years of age. But unfortunately for the young woman, she ends up having enough of her her stepfather's crap and ends up doing the unthinkable and kills him. So the young woman is trying her best to forget her past, but her guilt catches up with her as a, a... criminal and a well-known doctor find the man dead but the young girl ends up running off in the doctor's car and goes and hitchhikes down the road to an a elderly couple's home they end up bringing her in with love in their hearts for her but then all of a sudden the radio has a news bulletin and they find out that the young woman that they are helping is wanted for a murder at her stepfather's cabin. So the young girl ends up on the run again until she ends up at a railroad station trying to hitch her train to get out of town and out of the state and going cross country like she's planned on doing. But the criminal ends up catching up with her when he follows her all the way to the railroad station but she won't come quietly with him back to confess her crime so she ends up killing the criminal and ends up trying to hitch a train but ends up getting hit by one and it is from the CBS mystery show The Whistler I hope you guys enjoy Miss Serene Tuttle and her performance on the show this afternoon If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. Signal Gasoline.
Let every traffic signal remind you, you do go farther with signal gasoline. Yes, you do go farther with signal. The Signal Oil Company and your neighborhood signal dealer bring you another curious story by The Whistler. Tonight, let George do it. the whistler, and I know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. Kathy was beautiful. There was no denying it. A redhead, one of the all-too-rare variety, with pale white skin and big luminous brown eyes. Delicate, fragile as a Dresden doll. Her beauty was always there for her to depend on when she got into a tight spot. That is, until she met an artist named Alan Blair and fell in love with him. Until then, men were nothing more to Kathy than a source of amusement, an endless parade of suckers, ready to jump when she crooked her finger. But Alan didn't jump. He didn't melt when she flashed her irresistible smile. He didn't come running to comfort her when she pouted. Maybe that's why she fell in love with him. And maybe that's why one day she told him about it. <laughs> what? What did you say? I love you, Alan. Oh, no, not that. <laughs> Alan! Alan, stop well, it! after all, Kathy, did you think I'd fall for that? But it's the truth. You never loved anyone in your life, darling. Except yourself. You don't know what it feels like. Oh, you're wrong, Alan. I mean... Uh-uh-uh. Sit over there. Please, Alan. No, that won't work either. There you are. Yeah. Okay, Miss Booby Trap. You can relax until the next sucker comes along. I'm checking out. You can't... You hear me? You can't just walk out Shut on up. me. Shut up. That's exactly what I'm doing. I won't shut up. You're going to be sorry about this, Alan Blair. You're going to come crawling to me on your knees. Now, listen, baby, don't tell me what I'm going to do. I could have just walked out, taken the easy way. But somebody had to tell you off, and I wouldn't let George do it. You better practice in front of the mirror, sweetheart. Your act's getting rusty. Come along. You're not going to get away with it. I'll... I'll kill you, that's what I'll do. I'll... No. Let George do it, you said. Huh? Let George do it. Hello? Hello, George. George, this is Kathy. You can work fast when you want to, Kathy. Three weeks later, the people of Evansburg are stunned when you announced your marriage to George. Dull, drab, uninteresting George Morrison, 15 years older than you. The staid, respected member of the city's board of supervisors. 
George is stunned, too. Kathy, I... I can hardly believe it. <laughs> it's thrilling, isn't it, George? Well, it was so sudden, I... I hardly knew what to think. I, I'd always loved you, Kathy, but I never dreamed that this could happen. Love is an unexpected thing sometimes. You... You do love me, don't you? Oh, of course I do, George. You're all I'd ever hoped for. Everything I'd ever dreamed about. Gosh, Kathy... I'll bet this will be a surprise to the folks in Evansburg. Wait till we get back from our honeymoon. Well, I get a kick out of telling them. <laughs> You're too late, Mr. Morrison. Huh? What do you mean? I wired the papers yesterday. Yes, Kathy, you're interested in getting the news around, aren't you? But why? You know you still love Alan. Yes, and hate him at the same time. And he won't care a rap whether you marry George Morrison. You can't hurt him this way. Or can you? At least the marriage is giving the people of Evansburg plenty to talk about. Down at the Elite Beauty Salon on 6th Street, for example. Yeah, I hear they got back from their honeymoon last week. Really, Charlotte? Has she been in yet? She has an appointment this afternoon. Hey, don't wiggle so much. I might burn you. Ouch. Hey. <laughs> Say, Louise. Why don't you try a cold wave next time, huh? Oh, never mind that. Tell me more about Kathy. I don't know anymore. She was playing the field, and all of a sudden, she takes off with old George Morrison. Do you suppose she really loves him? <laughs> I don't know how any woman in her right mind could tie up with that clam. Why, he ought to be in a museum with the rest of the specimens. Well, there must be some reason. Yeah? Well, you tell me, then. George, dear. Yes, Kathy? George, do you remember what we talked about on our honeymoon? Uh, no. What? My portrait. Oh, oh, yes, yes, the painting. Well, you haven't mentioned it, George. Frankly, my dear, I'd forgotten it. I I've been so busy yes, and... Yes, I know, you've been so busy. Well, what about it? Well, go ahead, dear. Go right ahead. Find yourself an artist. I've found one, George. Uh, yes, how long will it take? Oh, about a month, he says. You must work rather fast. That's not very long. Yes, I know, but I think it will be long enough. On these hot summer days, you Whistler fans know how much peppier and full of life you feel right after a shower when you're fresh and clean. Well, that goes for your car's motor, too. Yes, a clean motor is naturally a more efficient motor. That's why it's so important these days to use the modern, solvent-refined motor oil that helps keep your motor clean. Signal four-star motor oil. You see, because of solvent refining, which is the latest, most costly process known to oil engineers, Signal four-star motor oil actually forms less carbon. And what little there is is soft, like soot, tending to blow out with exhaust gases. Thus, by keeping your motor cleaner... Signal four-star motor oil actually helps three ways. One, keeps your motor running peppier, smoother, quieter. Two, cuts down on the repair bills often caused by hard, abrasive carbon. And three, helps stretch ration gas. That's why if it's been a thousand miles or two months since you last changed oil, you'll be doing your motor a real favor by driving into one of the friendly dealers displaying Signal's yellow and black circle signs. And saying, grain and fill her up with Signal four-star motor oil. And now, back to the Whistler.
Kathy didn't marry George Morrison for money or social position. And the unofficial investigating committees at the elite beauty salon and the city hall corridors are puzzled, groping for a reason. On the afternoon after her discussion with George about the picture, she makes a call at the Garden Court apartment, 328 at the end of the corridor on the third floor. Hello, Kathy. Hello, Alan. Well, that takes care of the greetings. Are you going to ask me in? I don't know. Was this trip really necessary? Please, Alan. All right. Come in. Thank you. Oh, you have a nice apartment. These are your murals, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They How are. How long have you been here? A month. Sit down. Thanks. I heard you'd moved into town while we were on our honeymoon. <laughs> Things get around in Evansburg, don't they? Uh, cigarette? Oh, thanks. <laughs> Good to see you again. Comfy? Yes. Okay. Okay what? Spill it. What do you want? Don't be like that, Alan. I'm not fond of quiz programs, sweetheart. Suppose you come to the point, hmm? You're making it very difficult. And you're not here to play games. I told you once it was all over. Finished. Something I don't even want to be reminded of. Maybe I didn't make myself clear enough. Well, Alan, I, I didn't understand then. I do now. I want us to be friends. Why? Well, I... Uh, I... <laughs> I've got you there, haven't I? You're a very pretty girl, Kathy. You look swell on magazine covers. But I don't want you in my apartment. Now, suppose you run along. I'll see you in a few years. You don't understand, Alan. George, that's... Uh... I know, your husband. Well, he wants me to have a portrait done. Oh. oh. Oh, this is strictly a business deal. No other artists in town, of course. Oh, it isn't that, Alan. He's seen your work and he won't hear of anyone else. I told him you'd be difficult. Oh, you missed it. Impossible was the word. You won't believe me, will you? You still think there's a catch in it somewhere. Right. Well, there isn't. I'm trying to do something for you for once. What can you do for me? Well, I thought if you did a good job on my portrait, George would give you a chance at the commission for the murals in the new city hall annex. Oh, oh, oh no, no, no. Wait a minute. What's he got to do with us? He's a supervisor, and they're going to select the artist in August. Kathy, now look at me. Now, I want this straight. Is that why you came here? Yes. I didn't know you'd sell out your brother for two bits. Please, Alan. I mean it this time. All right. I'll do your portrait. You could hardly keep from laughing out loud, Kathy. It was quite a triumph. You're thinking now how important that portrait's going to be to you, how necessary it will be for Alan to finish it on time. You tell him George must have it in a hurry. How you and he will have to work late at night. And you can imagine what a conversation piece that's giving them down at the elite beauty salon. And she was there till almost midnight? That's what Jessie said. She lives on the same floor, you know. His studio's in the penthouse on the roof. And she heard him up there till ten minutes to twelve. Mm-mm. I wonder what old man Morrison thinks of that. Well, Henry sees him every day down at the city hall. Seems happy as a lark. Well, maybe he doesn't know. 
Of course, we could be wrong. They haven't been seen out together. <laughs> yes. No, not yet. But you're working on that, aren't you, Kathy? While Alan works, you're making careful notes the way his apartment is laid out with his living quarters on the third floor and the studio upstairs in the penthouse on the roof. Hold still, Kathy. The light's bad enough without you changing position every minute. I'm sorry, Alan. Oh, excuse me. Yes? Okay. Well, what else? Oh, yeah, that'll be fine. About 8. 9.15. Uh, what? Every night the phone rings at exactly 9.15. Oh, that's Manuel. I, I set my watch by him. Who's he? The houseboy downstairs. Calls every night to catch my order for breakfast. Oh. Well, uh... Helen, I'm, all, I'm awfully tired. Couldn't we go downstairs for a drink? Mm, I don't know. It might not look so hot. Oh, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Ten minutes. <laughs> That's better. Is there a mailbox around anywhere? Yeah, there's a chute by the elevator. Oh, good. I'll drop this off on the way down. <laughs> Almost forgot it. An important letter, wasn't it, Kathy? And after you mail it, you and Alan go into the bar downstairs. There's a faint smile of satisfaction on your face as you note a raised eyebrow here and there, a pair of heads coming together in the corner. Ten minutes should be long enough. The next evening at home, George seems to be worried about something. George? Yes? Is something bothering you? Why? You seem strange tonight. I'm sorry, Kathy. I, I guess I've been working too hard. That's all that's worrying you? Well, I... What is uh, it, George? It's so stupid, I shouldn't even tell you. You haven't lived in Evansburg as long as I have, Kathy. You don't know how mean and vicious this town can be. What are you talking about? It's, uh, Well, it's about Alan Blair. What do you mean? Kathy, did you ever know him before you came to Evansburg? Oh, yes, slightly. Mm -hmm. I meant to tell you, darling. You see, um... He's painting here under the name of Stanley Simmons. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Charlotte told me about him, I didn't realize that he was... I see. What's the matter? I received an anonymous letter at the office today. And... Here. Oh. Mr. Morrison, because I respect and admire you, I feel it is my duty to tell you that your wife is... Signed, friend. I wonder who... I'm would... sure I don't know. Horrible contempt. I just wanted you to see it. You're accusing me. No, I'm not. I... You have no right. There was nothing. I didn't accuse you, Kathy. You believe them, don't you? Oh. You swallowed their dirty little tails, hook, line, and sinker. Kathy, I only wanted you to... You don't to... have to tell me. You're part of this, aren't you? I'm trying to tell you I didn't. Give me that letter. There. That's where it belongs, in the wastebasket. Kathy, please. <laughs> Believe me, honey, I wouldn't have shown it to you had I had I thought that it would... Oh, Kathy. Oh, please. Leave me alone. Just for a while. Okay. I'm sorry, honey. Please go. Okay, dear. I'll be in the den if you want me. Now. 
Good. He didn't tear it. Well, Cassie. Hello, Charlotte. I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, that's all right, dearie. It's kind of slow this afternoon anyway. Here, let me help you with your thing. Oh, thanks. I don't know what I'd do without you, Charlotte. <laughs> I'll hang the jacket up. Well, I suppose you want a shampoo and a facial. Mm-hmm. You always make me feel better, Charlotte. Oh, good. Say, what's the matter, dearie? Oh, it's nothing. Well, it doesn't look that way to me. Here, lean back. Take it easy. Oh, Charlotte. I've just got to tell someone. Huh? Tell what? Now, you mustn't breathe this to a soul. I don't know what I'd do if I got around. Well, you know you can trust me, dearie. Well, it's it's George. Uh-uh. We had a horrible scene last night about Alan Blair. Oh. I thought he was going to hurt me. It's all been so ridiculous. Mr. Blair's been so careful to be businesslike. And... Why, sure. But I didn't know your husband had such a temper. Well, I couldn't explain to him. He just went up in a rage. And I'm... Oh, I'm so afraid. And it was all so innocent. Alan's been working nice because George wants the picture done by next week. And the other night, Alan and I got awfully tired and decided to go downstairs. Devoted, gullible George. He was just the man for your plans, wasn't he, Kathy? And he's coming through nobly, just as you'd suspected. Kathy, I've half a mind to go down and see this fellow Blair. Why? Well, it's time we clear this thing up before it goes too far. It's getting around City Hall, and I... Well, I'm not going to sit here and do nothing. There must be some way to stop it. Kathy, let's forget that darn portrait. I won't. I like it, and he's going to finish it. He has nothing to do with it anyway. Charlotte started it. Charlotte? The beauty operator. Why? I don't know. She has it in for me for some strange reason. Then why do you continue to go there? Well, I didn't know about it until yesterday. I started to say something to her, and then I realized it would only make things worse. I see. Well, you'd better go back tomorrow. Why? Well, you can tell her that if she isn't careful, she'll have a slander suit on her hands. George, I'm not going to see that woman again. Very well. I'll go. You're in the clear, Kathy. You've been very careful not to depend on outright lies. Half-truths are more effective. And safer. Charlotte will irritate him. He'll accuse her. There'll be an ugly scene. And then... Now, wait a minute, Mr. Morrison. You can't talk I like can't, that to me. I can't, eh? Well, now, you just listen to me. This ugly talk about my wife and Mr. Blair is going to stop. Understand? I had nothing to do with it. Don't tell me you had nothing to do with it. You jealous old fool. Jealous? Yes, jealous. All right, listen. One more peep from you and your gang of gossip mongers about Alan Blair, and I'll have a lot of you in court. Well done, Kathy. It's there now. He's shown his hand in public. And nothing he does from now on can change it. Murder comes in two parts, you see. Motive and opportunity. The motive is complete, solid. You've cemented every brick in place with those clever, delicate hands of yours. Now the opportunity. Hello, dear. George! Oh, George, I'm glad you're home. Why, what's the matter? Oh, I... I've been terrified all evening. What? There's been a man out there. He was looking in the window. Did you call the police? Well, the phone's dead. I couldn't. Well, this is serious. 
I'm going to call the police. No, don't leave me here. Well, you can come along. But George, the police can't be here all the time while you're away at all those meetings. Well, we'll see about that. Oh, George, I... I'd feel a lot better if there was a gun in the house. A gun? Yes. At least I'd have something to rely on. I don't know you're asking for trouble with a gun in the house. You give the other guy a good reason for shooting first. So you don't care? You just assume I were alone here at night with a prowler in the house? Oh, it's not that, Kathy. I, I just don't... I do! If I meant anything to you, you wouldn't even discuss all it. All right, all right, Kathy. I'll buy a gun tomorrow. Now let's go and see the police. But, of course, the police find nothing, Kathy. When you cut the telephone wire, you were careful to keep on the cement walk, and there were no footprints. And Evansburg took note of the fact that on the afternoon of July 23rd, George Morrison walked into Tyndall's sports shop and bought a 38 automatic. As simple as that. Motive and opportunity. You've built a beautiful frame, Kathy. Now all you have to do is put George's picture in it. Here you are, my dear. Thank you, George. I do feel miserable. It's so hot. Well, this ought to cool you off. Here. That's good. Oh, darling, it's a quarter of nine. You better run along. Kathy, must I pick up that picture tonight? I told Mr. Blair you'd be over around nine. You'll be thrilled with it, George. Well, I don't relish leaving you alone like this, especially oh, after don't all... don't even think about it. That prowler's had the scare of his life of the police after him. Mm. Uh, you wouldn't like to come along? No, I'd be so miserable with this headache. Oh. I'll be an angel and run along. I can't wait to see it over the fireplace. Oh, very well. You stay where you are, and I'll be back before you even know it. <laughs> He's gone. You act quickly, Kathy. The other car parked around the corner. He was being greased, you told him. Quickly. You know the garden court apartments like a book. The trade entrance at the rear, deserted at nine o'clock. The back stairway to the roof and Alan's studio in the penthouse. The east window is always open. You noted that, too. You crouch behind the chair next to the window. Twelve minutes past nine. George's new gun. Gloves, no fingerprints. Pitch black outside. You're lucky. No one will see you leave. And there's George arriving right on the dot. You knew he would. Now, just one more piece of luck and you're in. Just one more. The telephone has to ring at 9.15 with Manuel's breakfast routine. And Alan has to come up to the penthouse to answer it. The seconds seem like hours. You can hardly breathe, Kathy. Waiting, waiting. He can't fail this time. with you, Mr. Morrison. That's my houseboy. Hello? Yes? Uh-huh. About nine? Sure. Right. All right, Alan. Uh, Kathy. Surprised? Put away that gun. No, Alan. Not now. After all my careful plans. <laughs> well, Kathy, I don't understand. What have I ever done? Kathy, don't.
done. No. Careful, Kathy. Don't be too obvious. Hide the gun under the chair cushion where they'll have to hunt to find me. George, out the window now and down the back Mr. stairs. Mr. Flair! Mr. Flair! It's done, Kathy. It's perfect. The Whistler will return in just a moment with a strange ending of tonight's story. Meantime, a question for you drivers. Are you getting as many miles per gallon from the gasoline you're now using as you did before the war? Well, the answer is yes if you're using signal go-farther gasoline. For it's true, you still go as far as before the war with signal. And I'll tell you why. You see, in every gallon of gasoline, there are some ingredients which give pep and anti-knock and other ingredients which give mileage. Well, those anti-knock ingredients are the ones reserved for war. That's why Signal Oil Company frankly admits no gasoline today can give you all the pep and anti-knock you found in pre-war gasoline, and which you'll be enjoying again in even further improved Signal post-war gasoline. But those mileage ingredients, which made pre-war Signal famous as the go-farther gasoline, they're still in today's Signal formula. And in addition, new mileage-giving hydrocarbons have been added. That's why, if you're interested in stretching your gas stamps, and who isn't, you'll find it's as true today as before the war. You do go farther with Signal Gasoline. And now, back to the Whistler. Ten minutes after leaving Alan's studio, Kathy is home again, safe in bed with her headache. There wasn't a hitch. No one saw her leave. The car is back in its place around the corner. Even the gloves are disposed of in the kitchen incinerator. George is late, naturally, unavoidably detained. And, of course, Kathy isn't surprised when a police car drives up about ten o'clock and she admits Captain Murchison of the Homicide Squad. I... Don't quite know what to say, Mrs. Morrison. What is it, Captain? It's... Oh, it's my husband, isn't it? He visited Alan Blair's apartment tonight. I sent him over for the portrait. What happened? Mr. Blair was murdered. Murdered? Oh, no, he wouldn't... George was jealous, but he wouldn't. He didn't. What? He asked one of the patrols to drop over here while he was gone to sort of keep an eye on you after that prowler business. Boys were kind of worried when they found you'd gone, Mrs. Morrison. But uh, when did they come here? Around 9.15. They figured they'd better tell your husband, so they phoned him at Blair's apartment. They were kind of surprised at what they heard. Why didn't you broadcast it? What do you mean? Mrs. Morrison, Blair didn't hang up that phone. He just thought he did. Otherwise, I can't see why. Can't see why you gave the officer a play-by-play report when you shot Blair. Well? You ready to go?
Next Monday at 9 o'clock, The Whistler will bring you another strange tale. The Whistler is broadcast for your entertainment by the marketers of Signal Gasoline and Motor Oil and fine quality automotive accessories. And by your neighborhood signal dealer. This program, directed by George W. Allen, with tonight's story by Ann Lockwood, music by Wilbur Hatch, is transmitted to our troops overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. This is Marvin Miller speaking, and suggesting that you let every traffic signal remind you that you do go farther with signal gasoline. Yes, you do go farther with signal. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Signal gasoline. Let every traffic signal remind you, you do go farther with signal gasoline. Yes, you do go farther with signal. The Signal Oil Company and your neighborhood signal dealer bring you another curious story. By the Whistler. Tonight, Highway of Escape. I am the Whistler, and I know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the heart of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. Frances Block was never meant for the desert, but fate put her there, set her down solidly in the center of an expanse of creosote brush and Joshua trees, cactus and hot, dry sand at a scrubby little group of nondescript shacks huddled in the shade of a few scraggly umbrella trees. Known to the truck drivers passing through on Highway 441 as the Duncan Wells Tourist Camp. Just Francis and Pete Crawford, her stepfather. For her, it was a prison. For him, it was a living and the only one he knew. It was on a particularly hot day in July that she decided she couldn't stand it any longer... On a Sunday morning when the temperature stood at 90 degrees at 8 o'clock. And Francis knew there was always more money than usual in the cash register on Sunday morning. Five, ten, eleven, fifty, twelve, twenty-five, fifty, eighty-five, twelve, eighty-five. Oh. Morning. Oh, uh, hello. You open for business? Uh, not yet. Kind of early. Hmm, not even gasoline? The pump's locked. Hmm. How far is the next town? 17 miles. Saguaro. Okay, I can make it, I guess. Hmm? Thanks a lot. You better get going. Um, just a second. Yeah? You, uh, going through to... I mean, uh... Los Angeles, yeah. Due there by noon. Can you take me? Huh? 
I've got to get out of here this morning. Right now. Oh, come on. You could take me if you wanted to, couldn't you? Oh, I'd like to, but... Oh, please. Look, I'll give you five dollars. Yeah, sorry, sister, but it's company rules. No riders. I'd lose my job. Oh, they'll never know. Look, mister, you don't know what it means. It's life and death. Yeah? Yeah. It's life and death. Death if I stay here in this... this, this prison. Oh. I can't take it any longer, you see? You've got to take me away. You've got to. Hey, what's the matter? You sick or something? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sick. Look, look, I'll make it ten dollars. Ten dollars to Los Angeles. Yeah, but... That leaves me only, uh, two eighty-five. My bag's right there. It's all packed. I won't tell the company. They'll hey. never know. See? Just you and me will know, and I'll get off in Los Angeles. Well, for ten bucks, you can take the train. Oh, no, there's no trains here. Just trucks. Guys like you. There's a train from the next town, ain't there? Yeah. Yeah, how about that? You can take me to the next town. That's all. Just from the next town. Well, uh, I don't know. I... Good morning, Francis. Oh, there's a little lady here uh, wants to ride into town with me. Sorry, mister. She's made a mistake. I have not. I'm going, you hear? No, Francis. You're not going. You can't stop me, Pete. You can't stop me. I'm not going to stay here. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Well, uh, look, uh, mister, maybe uh, maybe you two better talk this over. I, I just thought I'd run into so wild, but then... She gets this way ever so often. She'll get over it. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see you on the way back, maybe. Huh? Yeah. So long. Oh. You did it again, you filthy... No, 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 there, Francis. I know how you feel, gal. This ain't no place for a young filly like you. But can't you see? There ain't nothing else I can do. Ever since your ma died, you I... You killed her. That's what you did. Francis, that's an awful thing to say. Just the same as if you shot her with a gun. Bringing her off to this godforsaken hole. Making her work when it was so hot she couldn't breathe. Well, you're not doing it to me, do you hear? Now, wait a minute. You ain't talking to me like that. Oh, no. Well, listen, you dirty desert rat. I've had all of you I'm going to take, and I'm getting out of here today. This morning. In five minutes if a car comes. You're still my stepdaughter, Francis. Until you're 21, I'm afraid I'm doing the deciding. Oh, now, come on. You just trot on back to the cabin and lay down for a while. You'll feel better in no time. Get away from me. You'll understand about your ma someday. I know this place ain't much of a spread, but it was ours, and we built it together. Come on. I said get away from me. Please, Francis, just this once. For me. All right, Pete. Wait a minute now. Put that knife down, Francis. You ain't in no condition to... All right. You ask for it. Friends, have you picked up your free federal use stamp protector yet at your signal gasoline dealers? The deadline has already passed, you know, for getting your new use stamp on your windshield. And since that little stamp has to hang on your windshield for a whole year, you'll naturally want to protect it from moisture or scuffing so it won't peel off. That's why Signal Oil Company had these little use stamp protectors made up for you. They're smart-looking, transparent, and water-resistant so you can wash right over them without affecting your use stamp. And, of course, they're free, one of the little extra services your signal dealer offers to keep your car looking its best. Unfortunately, like all things in wartime, the supply is limited this year. Since every car will be needing one, I'd suggest that you get yours without delay tomorrow, if possible. Just drive into any of the friendly stations displaying signals, yellow and black circle sign, and say, I'd like one of the use stamp protectors that was offered free. 
on the Whistler. And now, back to the Whistler. It's over, and you're free now. You stare at him for a moment as he lies there on the floor in the middle of the small lunchroom, very still. For the first time in your life, you notice he has a kind face, a peaceful face. No look of fear on it. Just peace, deep, enduring peace. Yes, you're free now. You can leave any time you want to. Today, this morning, the next five minutes, if a car comes... Jump as a car pulls up out in front. Quickly, Francis. Move the body behind the counter before the driver comes in. That's it. Now take it easy. Just relax. He mustn't know. Hi, beautiful. How about a cup of java? Hey, what's the matter? Oh, nothing. Uh, coffee isn't made yet. Huh. A uh, cigarette? It's scarce these days. Uh, no. Well? What? Are you going to make it or shall I? Make what? A coffee. Say, are you sure nothing's the matter? Okay, something's the matter. I'm, I'm scared of my stepfather. Huh? He, he's horrible. I live here alone with him. I can't stand it anymore. That's too bad. Oh, please. Please take me with you to Saguaro anyway. I won't be any trouble. Oh, no. Now, wait a minute. Hold everything there. Now, now, now take it easy. Where is your stepfather? He's, he's asleep in his cabin. He's drunk. He'll wake up. Yeah, I, I, I see. Yeah. You, uh, you got any money? Twelve dollars. But I can work once I get to a big town. Oh, I don't know. Oh, please. Please. I've been driving all night. I was going to grab a little shut-eye here for a no, few I hours. I've got to go now. He, he might wake up and he might... Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Well, okay, come on. You know, after what you told me about that stepfather of yours, I got half a mind to go back and punch him in his nose. He's got no hold on you. What does he think he is? Hey, listen. Let's do his thing right. Go back there and tell him right off. No, we can't. I'd like to anyway. I suppose it wouldn't do any good, only make trouble for you. Beats me, though, how any man can treat a gal as nice as you like that. You, uh, you are pretty, you know. Thanks. Hal. My name's Hal. All right, Hal. What's yours? Francis. Oh, Francis, huh? Nice name. Uh, you hear that? What? The motor. Betsy doesn't like this heat any more than we do. How far are you going, Francis? Los Angeles. Yeah, it's a nice town. And we could have a lot of fun there. We? Yeah, hey, you and me. I um, wasn't going that far. You but... might change your mind, huh? I don't know, maybe. Los Angeles is a nice town, isn't it? Come on over. 
Oh. <laughs> there. That's better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Los Angeles is a great place. You know, I can get a couple of days off and... Uh-oh. What's that? Betsy means it this time. Hey, what was it, uh, 17 miles of Saguaro from that camp? Yeah, but... Yeah, we've come five, shorter to go back. I gotta get to a phone. Oh, no. No, now, you look, can't. Francis, don't worry about him. I'll be ready for him. No, but I can't go back. I'll, I'll walk. Now, you do nothing of the kind. Look, baby, all you need is someone to take care of you. And from now on, I'm the guy. You can't. Oh, why can't I? Let me out. Told you to let me out. I don't want you to handle it. Stop the car. Stop it. Get hold of yourself, baby. Don't you trust me? No. I mean, yes, but... What about Los Angeles, John? Forget it's night. not you, I said. It's not you. Just don't ask me anymore. Stop yes, the car. That's all I want to know. Just sit tight and let me handle everything. We made it. Now, where's the phone? On the wall by the door. Yeah. Now, what you gonna do, sit there? Yeah, I'll wait. I'll be sure you do. What do you mean? Eh, nothing. I guess I got the jumps, too. And don't worry about him. If he comes out, just let out a yell, and I'll be here in a second. Smile. <laughs> yeah, that's better. <laughs> you know, baby, I kind of like you. Keep that chin up. Yes, Francis, keep your chin up. You could use a little courage now, couldn't you? There's a chance he won't look behind the counter, just a bare chance. But if he does, there you are in a stalled automobile 20 miles from nowhere and not a car in sight. Oh, wait a minute. Around the curve, a car. Hurry, Francis, you've got to stop it. Wait! Wait! What is it? What's the matter? Take me to the next town. Hurry! Well, what's the matter? Uh, my uncle. It's my uncle. Something wrong? Yeah, yeah, he's hurt. Quick, I've got to get a doctor. Well, you're a mighty lucky young lady. I happen to be a doctor myself. Where is he? Oh, no! No, no, it's bad. It's, it's horrible. I don't want uh, you to... Ah, you just let me decide that. Uh, here, I got my case. You take me to him. He's in the lunchroom. I'd better wait here. Yes, yes, I understand. You just relax now, and I'll take a look. It might not be as bad as you think. Just wait there in my car. Don't stand there like that, Francis. Do something. The car, his car. That's right. Hurry up. Faster, 60, 70. Keep your eye on the center line, wavering like a snake between the wheels. Twelve miles now between you and the camp. Five miles to Saguaro. 75, 80. Almost lost it on that turn. The accelerator's down to the floor. Faster.
Open your eyes, Francis. You can move. Open your eyes and crawl out of the car. You're okay. I'm okay. Better get off the road. Yeah. Take off cross country. I'll be watching. Watching the road. Cross country. Alive, a body can't hear himself think around here. Oh, oh, sorry, Matty. I don't know why in the world you keep that thing banging away night and day. Well, it's the dead blasted tubes. It gets louder and softer all of a sudden. Fellow from Sarawa coming up to fix her. Well, I ain't seen him. I should be here this afternoon. Think I'll go out and take a look around. Jake Watson, you stay right in that chair. You've been a mighty sick man. Hey, Matty, Matty, look. What? They're coming up the walk. Well, where could she come from? Hey, she's sick. She almost fell. Uh, well, Dad, blast it, do something. Well, you stay right there. What's the matter, honey? Uh, I don't know. Oh, there now. Just take hold of my arm. Thanks. Ma, you look all tuckered out. Come in. Thanks. Now, don't talk. We'll just get you out of this hot sun. Uh. Wouldn't surprise me none to find you was in my sunstruck. No hat and all. Land sakes, whatever you doing walking around out here? Now, hush yourself, Jay. Can't you see the poor thing can't hardly walk? Let alone listening to you jabber. Now, there, now, you sit down there, and I'll get you a nice, cool drink of milk. <clears throat> you been walking far, miss? Yeah. Any particular reason? Yeah. I cracked up my car. Any more questions? No, no, I just thought it might be peculiar you picked this time of day to go walking. I'm sorry. Now, Jake, suppose you quit jabbering and let the poor girl rest a spell. She's about done in. Yeah, she's been in an accident. Car went off the road. Well, I declare. Ain't hurt none, are you? No. Just tired. Well, here, you just lean back and take a good drink of milk. You'll feel better in a jiffy. Oh, there go them tubes again. Oh, turn it off, Jake. Yeah, well... Attention, please. Be on the lookout for a young woman in blue slacks and a yellow jacket, probably driving a Buick sedan, license number 8X43H7, about 5 feet 4 inches tall, blonde hair, name Francis Block, wanted in connection with the murder of Peter Crawford this morning at Duncan Wells. Repeat. Hey, hey, that's you. Get out of my way. Oh, look out, Jake. She might have a gun. Hey, wait a minute, young lady. Let go of me. Hey, Maddie. Maddie. She, she's gone. Oh, here. Here, let me help you off. Her? No. That's what we get for being good Christians. Hey, turn the radio off. Huh. A murderess. I knew there was something slick about that girl. That's all right. She won't get fur in this heat. Not in the desert. It's hot. Unbearably hot, 110 in the shade. You can't keep going much longer, Francis. Feet swollen and blistered, bruises that ache with every step you take. Three in the afternoon. You've been walking two hours since you left the farmhouse. 120 blazing minutes. Your head is full of sun, the flat horizon wavers, dust in your nose and throat. You've got to have water. 
Water from the clear, sparkling fountain in the square of Wilkins Corners, the little town ahead. You've got to take a chance. Maybe they haven't heard about you here in Wilkins Corners, Francis. Maybe they don't listen to their radios. Look at that sign down the street. Coffee, hamburgers. Take a chance. You may not get another one for a long time. Morning, miss. I'd like something to eat. Well, come to the right place. Hamburgers, hot dogs, barbecues, whole wheat, white, rye, apple, peach, boysenberry, cherry, lemon meringue, coffee, milk, and coke. Hamburger and white coffee. Hamburger. Hamburger. Mustard, ketchup, or tomato sauce. Ketchup. Mm. Be right up. Pre-war service now. <laughs> We've reconverted. Yeah, hi, Billy. What you doing down at Swirl? Oh, mighty busy today. Barbecue and whole wheat and coffee. Special. Special. What you mean, busy? Why, well, I don't mean to tell me you ain't heard about the killing. Huh? What killing? Well, sure. Found a man stabbed to death at Duncan Wells Tourist Camp. Yeah? Yeah, a guy who runs it named uh, Pete Crawford. No. Yeah, dead on a mackerel. And the killer got away, they say. Sheriff's got posse out. Well, I'll be... Hey, Late. Did you hear that? What? I killed over to Duncan's Wells this morning. Pete Crawford. Well, you don't say? Yeah. You catch a killer? Nope. You better watch out. Might be serving him a meal long about now. <laughs> Stabbed, was he? Yeah, with a bread knife. Yeah. Doc Lawton was coming down from Cactus Garden. He claims he talked with the killer. Well, why'd he nail him? Oh, you know Doc, but scared of his own shadow. That's too bad. Yeah, it is. They say old Pete Crawford didn't have an enemy in the world. I mean, it's too bad Doc didn't do something. Oh. You know, the best time in Napa murder is right after he's done his job. It surprised me none to see this thing end up as... Well, as another one of Sheriff Bradshaw's famous unsolved mysteries. Well, I don't know. You know, murder's a funny thing. Ain't like going down to the feed store for a sack of barley. Takes planning, yeah. thinking. There's a thousand ways a killer can trip himself up. Yeah. Just one false step along the way and it's all over. Yeah, well, maybe so. You know, I'd like to see that killer right now. <laughs> Probably pacing the floor somewhere, wondering if there was a slip-up. Nah, I wouldn't want to be in old Doc Lawton's shoes, yeah. being the only witness... Bet you the old boy's looking six ways before he leaves his house. Here you are, George. One hamburger. Yeah. Uh, there you are, miss. Hamburger on white, and I'll go get your... Co hey. Well, what's the matter? Now, where do you suppose she went? You forgot your hunger in a hurry, didn't you, Francis? A half minute more in that restaurant and it would have been all over. You're tired, worn out, but you can still think. A thousand ways you can trip up, make a false step, that's what he said. But you'll show them, won't you, Francis? First, get out of town and keep off the highways. Remember the sheriff's posse. The railroad, that's it. All the freight trains have to stop at that water tower a half mile out of town. Cross country again. Through the brush, under that blazing sun, keep away from the roads. And finally, the cool shade of the water tower with the drops splashing into a puddle there in the shade. You sit down and rest. Let your eyes close. Then... Someone's coming. Look, there's a piece of iron pipe in the corner. Remember where it is. Oh, beautiful. Hell. Thought you'd be here. You almost gave me the slip back there. What do you want? Gave you quite a run, didn't they? 
Hey, well, mind if I sit down? I got some talking to do. Yeah, it's better. Nice and cool here. You know, maybe I'm a sucker, but I still think you're pretty nice. Beautiful, but dumb. Do you think you could get away with it? I don't know. I'm so tired. Yeah, I know you're tired, baby. Probably a little loony with the heat, too. No one in his right mind would have done what Shut you... Shut up! You don't have to rub it in. Now, listen to me. I can help you, see? I'm the only one that can help you get out of this. You haven't got a chance to let you play ball, understand? Help me. You! <laughs> Ow! Sorry, baby. Maybe you'll listen to me. All right, Al. I'll listen to you. That's a way out of this. It's a short chance, but you'll have to take it. Wait a minute. Here comes a train. Get back there. It's afraid it'll have to stop. Let me take a look. The pipe. If I can... No. I can't tell yet. Wait a minute. Yep, yep, it's a freight off. So you were going to help me, were you? You didn't fool me. That's one mistake I didn't make. Yes, Francis, you were careful. You could see through his offer to help, couldn't you? Now, no slips, Francis, no false steps. The train is stopped for water. You hide, trembling behind the shack at the water tower. Then as the train starts up, you grab the rung of the ladder on the passing car, up the side. Now across the top and down the side before anyone sees you. But wait. There's a guard on top moving toward you. Down the tops of the cars. Don't look back. Watch where you're going. No false steps, Francis. No false steps now. The Whistler will return in just a moment with a strange ending to tonight's story. Meantime, a word about today's pre-war bargain in gasoline mileage that's helping more and more wise Western drivers stretch their ration gas stamps. I'm talking about the good pre-war mileage you still get in Signal Go Farther Gasoline. Yes, it's true. You still go as far as before the war with Signal. And I'll tell you why. You see, the gasoline ingredients which you've heard are reserved for war are the very volatile, highest-octane components, such as isopentane. That's why Signal Oil Company frankly admits no gasoline today can give you all the pep and anti-knock performance you found in pre-war Signal gasoline, and which you'll enjoy again in even further improved Signal post-war gasoline. But when it comes to mileage, that's where Signal gasoline still shines. For today's Signal formula still contains not only all the high-energy components that gave pre-war signal gasoline its superior mileage, but also new high-mileage hydrocarbons have been added. You can prove this for yourself by keeping track of your mileage. You'll find it's as true today as before the war. You do go farther with signal gasoline. And now, back to the whistler.
No false steps, Francis. That's what the man said. And you are going to be so careful. But then how could you tell what kind of a false step it might be? And now it's all over. And everyone knows the answer to the killing of your stepfather. Well, it's all cleaned up now. Found the murderer dead right there between the railroad tracks. Oh, terrible thing, terrible. Of course, without the doctor's testimony, I might never have known how it happened. The doctor? Sure, sure, according to the radio. Doctor says he went into the lunchroom and found that fellow leaning over Pete Crawford with a knife in his hand. Well, the doc practically witnessed the murder. Then the girl didn't do it. Oh, I knew she was innocent, the poor little thing. Yep, yeah, she was innocent, all right. They figured the murderer was going to try to shut her up, too. That's why she had to defend herself with that piece of light lead pipe there. Doggone <laughs> it, he was already wanted in New Orleans for killing ten days ago. Terrible thing, terrible. Only one thing I can't figure. What's that? Well, after she got the murderer like she did, what do you suppose she was running away from? o'clock, The Whistler will bring you another strange tale. The Whistler is broadcast for your entertainment by the marketers of Signal Gasoline and Motor Oil and fine quality automotive accessories and by your neighborhood Signal dealer. This program directed by George W. Allen with tonight's story by Eleanor Beeson, music by Wilbur Hatch, is transmitted to our troops overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. This is Marvin Miller speaking and suggesting that you let every traffic signal remind you that you do go farther with Signal Gasoline. Yes, you do go farther with Signal. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, guys, that does it for Miss Serene Tuttle and her performance on the show for this morning. And thank you guys for being so patient with me. I do apologize for getting this out to you so late in the month. I've been having difficulty with my audio and my phone to get this out to y'all. But I hope you guys enjoyed the performance nonetheless. Join me later on tonight as I bring you two episodes. Miss Cecile Ball and Mr. Richard Denning in the CBS comedy show My Favorite Husband and the first woman of suspense coming back the queen of suspense herself Miss Agnes Moorhead And then join me this coming Friday, guys, as I bring to the show Miss Alice Faye and Mr. Phil Harris in the 
Phil Harris and Alice Faye show. And then join me next Tuesday as we wrap up the month of women with two episodes. The first one to chill your spine starring Miss Mercedes McCambridge. And the second episode which stars Miss Kathy Lewis and Miss Murray Wilson in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma. Then stay tuned for the following performances as I bring to the show back by popular demand Mr. Joseph Cotton Miss Francis Lanford and Mr. Don Demichi and the NBC comedy show The Bickersons and then stay tuned for other stars such as Mr. Peter Laurie Fibber McGee and Molly and many others I hope you guys have enjoyed the show so far please stay tuned for those episodes and always remember guys to enjoy the show thanks and have a great day